1460 KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now as we head north to Whiskey River and Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne. Now, here are your hosts, Jared Stansberry, Brent Bloom, and Chris Williams. Time for another edition of the Mechdyne-powered Cyclone Fanatic radio show from Whiskey River in Ankeny. Come on out. There's some good basketball on tonight. Have a drink. Have some food. I'm Jared Stansberry. I will be joined by Chris Williams and Brent Bloom a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk all things Iowa State basketball coming off a win over Oklahoma down in Norman. Of course, they'll have a big game on Saturday at Hilton Coliseum against the TCU Horned Frogs. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of Iowa State women's hoops as well. I will say Connor Ferguson, our, our women's basketball reporter at CycloneFanatic.com, had a really nice feature today on Iowa State point guard Alexa Middleton. I highly suggest everyone go and check that one out. I know he worked really hard on that, and I think that it turned out really well. Uh, we'll also talk National Signing Day, which was yesterday. The Cyclones obviously adding only one more piece to a 21-man class in uh, Philadelphia safety, Aishim Young, who is, I think, a really nice addition. I think there's some layers to that conversation that we can have with Chris and Brent as well. And then there's be some graduate transfer recruiting that will go into that as well. Before we bring them in here and – uh, in just a few minutes, it's time for a quick word from our friends at Carl Chevrolet. It's time. Love your new ride at Iowa's number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. Right now, all new 2018 Chevy Silverados are up to $2,000, $12,000 off, or get up to $6,000 off a new 2018 Equinox model, and up to 17% off 2019 Tahoe and Suburbans when financed with GM Financial. Plus, with the largest inventory and selection of new Chevrolets in Iowa, over 2,100, the selection has never been better to choose from. And with more incentives on all new Chevys than any other dealer in the area, love your new ride from Carl Chevrolet. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online 24 hours a day at carlchevrolet.com. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90 in Ankeny at The Rock. We'll be right back on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mectine. We'll bring Chris Williams and Brent Bloom in here, talk some Iowa State hoops. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460, KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mectine on 1460 KXNO. Mectine's always like inventing things. Yeah. They're always creating just thinking if they could do something for us on these insanely cold days. It's nasty. I about I died. mean, if anyone could, then it'd probably Jared, be them. I about died on my way here. Yeah, you told me that. Horrible. Guy spun out right in front of me on the interstate. It's like a bunch of cars coming at me. That would have been... Almost died. That would have been some disastrous news to break on the Cyclone Fanatic oh. Radio Show if you'd died. Um. <sighs> I'm here though. Well, I'm glad you didn't die. I'm that's, here though. That's a positive. It, I'm not kidding. Like it's sneaky. The roads are sneaky bad out there. They mm-hmm. the road crews have done a good job, but when it's this cold and all the ice, like there's just patches. So well, beware. And, yeah, just as uh, you can't see where it's slick. Want to give what a, stinks about it? Yeah, Mechdyne, uh spot powering the the show. You'll hear the spots, but you'll uh, um. You'll you'll hear the spots, Jared, but I I always like to endorse them personally here when I come on because yeah. some of the best true blue human beings. Chris came on our bull trip, got to know his family a little bit, and 
Chris is salt of the earth. Yeah, go to their careers page. Uh, it's the new year. Everybody wanting to improve their life situation. I always say it when I get fired here on the radio, which could happen any day. Uh, the first place I'm going to call is Mechdyne. they got all sorts of jobs posted. It's one of the reasons they're advertising with us because they're always looking for new people. So if you're, not, if you're in a rut, check them out at their careers page. The only problem is that Chris would probably be pissed that you weren't on the podcast anymore then. He might include that in your job, job description, that you yeah, have to stay on the Cycle maybe they would, podcast. Maybe they wouldn't hire me because of the pod. Yeah. He always tells us how he's well, listening to the podcast on the treadmill or in every Boy, situation you could ever the, imagine. The last time I heard from Chris, it was on Super Bowl Sunday. He was in, like, Bangladesh or something like that, traveling for work. We'd recorded that podcast after the uh, Alamo Bowl yeah. when we, we were all enjoying a few beers. It was about 3 in the morning, and <laughs> we he, had to get he'd up already listened to it by the time that we, uh, we got up to get on the plane, and he was already telling us about all the stupid things that we'd said on the podcast the night before. I want to do one more plug. Um, I want to plug two things that they don't get as much attention as they should. Um, I want to stack Hilton Coliseum Saturday night. The men's game, I think, sold out already. Yeah. Women's game, if you haven't gone to one this year, I'm telling you this is a really good one to go to. Um, and I'm looking at you too, Stansberry. I've been to a women's game this the, year. Oh, yeah, you've covered a couple. Um, the West Virginia women play a lot the style like the men. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we and I'll, I'll say that with the, the ladies, because I'll be on the call for them, they need a crowd. Like, it, it really inhibits that style of play. Yeah. This is a great game to get out to for positioning in the Big 12. I think Iowa State could really knock West Virginia out of that mix with the win on Saturday night. This will be one of the most entertaining games to go to. And then I really want to help Kevin Dresser get 10,000 people to the Missouri duel on and the 24th. And they're wanting to make us puke up on this TV up here. Oh, they just played the Hampton game. What the hell's going on here? Um, I'm going to go to that. I can't decide if I'm going to cover it or go as a fan, but the Missouri's undefeated. That's a week from Sunday? Yeah, the 24th. So so two weeks from Sunday. Yeah, so I'm, I really want to help Kevin get as many people out. I love combat sports just in general. I always have, but I really fell out of love with with Iowa State, I I lost any sort of passion I ever had for it, and I I've can safe to say I've got that back, and I really want to help them get going. So they, they have to a, plug that. They have a duel on this Sunday, don't they? Too? Yeah, they Oregon State. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. out in Corvallis. I didn't even know they wrestled in Oregon. That's a. The, I'm um, sorry, I mean, I figured that the high school was probably. Dresser was on with me and Ross on Monday. That their head coach is a former Iowa State wrestler. Okay. Uh, or are you sure it's I not or, Iowa? Yeah, an Iowa wrestler. I was gonna say I, I, I remember hearing right. him do that. It's one of Dresser's old teammates. Yeah, I would say it's one of his old teammates. Yeah, and then they go to the West Gym next Thursday, so that'll be that'll Man, be I, interesting as well. Have you ever been there? No, but I mean I can imagine the the atmosphere. It's awesome. The kind of gym that it is. It's it's awesome. Yeah. They like sweat you out of there. They crank up the heat. Man, that's I imagine that's what it would be like if Iowa State wrestled in state gym. Similar. You know, or somewhere like that. I don't know where they could even do it, but if they had a place that they could do that, that'd be awesome too. I was telling Dresser, did you you heard in that interview? Yeah. yeah. When Hilton flooded, however many years ago it was, they took volleyball to Ames High. That was when I was living in Ames, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to check it out and win as a fan. Unreal. It was awesome. 
you get those niche sports and you put them into smaller venues. Yeah. And it really, it's why, like, you know, this this come through to you, you're a Western Iowa boy, when the Omaha Royals used to play in Rosenblatt Stadium. Why it didn't work? It was horrible because yeah. you had this giant stadium and not that many people, and it seemed small time. Well, in the places that you needed to have for the College World Series in the outfield, they would have ads over the top of them and stuff like that. Yeah. Couldn't even it sit was, out there. It was off. Yeah. I yeah. think about when you think about those small type venues. I think about like the Coliseum at Nebraska, what they used to play volleyball in. Yeah, where it would seat like four thousand people, and it was just the most hot ticket and that you could possibly get because they'd sell out like five hundred games in a row or something yeah. oh, like yeah. that. You know? Absolutely, like those. That's those are fun atmospheres to to be well, a part of. What's going on here? Bloom's wearing a suit jacket today. Is your name Brent Bloom? Bloom's joining us here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne. What have, you been, what have you been doing that you needed a Are name you at, like, tag? career day or something? No, there's an event that I was requested to be at. What did I, you have to do? Did you have to speak? I did not. I shook hands. What do you mean? How would they no. not know who Brent Bloom is? Well, you, if the name tag's there, you pick it up, right? Yeah, you don't want to be... You want to, like, be arrogant and be like, yeah, hey, everybody knows who I am and everybody else has a name tag. But really, they would have known who you are. And not everybody. I always laugh at the, yeah. at, like, media days. The yeah. Iowa State media days when we have to put name tags on as if yeah. we haven't talked to these guys 20 times already. The name tag thing, I mean, I, it's it's for that one person who nobody knows, and it's helpful. Yeah, I get it. And then you and then you can look really smart when you look at their name tag and address them by so, their first name. I think the pro tip. I think that media day, here's why I think they do that. I think they do that because at those media days, you get a lot of, like, small-town, like, radio guys yeah, yeah. in, like... The Sioux City TV guy, the Mason City TV guys who don't cover the team on a daily basis. I think they do that so, like, Steve Prom can look at them in the eye. Oh, thanks, Jim. It's true. Every time that I pick it up, I'm like, man, I would hope that these guys would know who I am after I've known Steve Prom yeah, for five I years. I don't think it's for you. No. I think it's for, the, for that purpose. You want to know uh, another tip? Yeah, I'd love it. Put your name tag. It's for the young people out there. Put your name tag on your right breast. Now, why would you do that? Because when you go to shake your hand with the right hand, Jeez. your name tag's right there. Bloom is, Bloom is, you know, king Education. of... Education. You guys all know Bloom is the sports commentator. <laughs> He's king of the business world these days. Oh, yeah. Are there any people Not that shake with their left hand? Or is no, it just, like, accepted like a, that you shake with you your right hand? That. You don't do the dead fish left hand. That's not a good I, sh- I mean, I feel like if someone wanted to shake my hand with the left hand, I'd give <laughs> them a good, firm shake anyway. How was your drive? I about why died. Do we, why do we live here? I about died. Man, Guy spun out brutal. right in front. Did you okay? I was on the death trap, known as 35 oh. between Ames and Ankeny. Brutal. I feel like we could do Cyclone Fanatic from, like, Miami with the technology that's given to us by Cyclones TV now. It's not a horrible idea. <sighs> Just move the offices down to Miami. This, this is this is awful. Speaking of Miami, are they going to get that kid, the grad transfer wide receiver? Yeah, what's going on there? I had somebody I mean, they're going to be in a good, good position. The thing about those grad transfers is now they can go through, like, May before they have to make a decision, before they have to report for summer workouts, you know? Man, I had all these people uh, hounding me yesterday about uh, National Signing Day, and I, I kept having to explain to people, it is, it's not the same thing, guys. No. This is like a vastly different deal. And uh, the thing about, I also think with the grad transfers, I'm not sure that they'll be as open about the commitment that they might get from some of those guys as they were yeah, because in the past because burned. they've gotten burned on that yeah. however many times with yeah. offensive linemen. I think that happened, what, four times already in the Campbell era. But obviously the guys they've gotten recently have all been good. The Reggie Wilkerson's and uh, 
Brian Bobek, who I, I can't even think of who else, but do we uh, know Marty Murdoch? The number of scholarships potentially open? I mean, it's going to be like two or three. Okay. It, it's going to be a small number. Because you could you could legitimately write wait until unless you cut some people. <laughs> well, yeah, or somebody leaves, which you never know. But you could play the waiting game waiting game all the way up until July. You want to hear a fun stat that I learned today when I was reading something? Absolutely. A team has never won the national championship in football if they didn't have an ESPN 300 quarterback on their roster. Iowa State could officially win the national championship because they added John Kohler, and he was a member of the ESPN 300. How long has that been around? Uh, I don't know, 15 years, probably, something like that. Birdie wasn't? No. Really? No. John Kohler's the only one. But Iowa State's one of, like, 15 or 20 schools that has one. We need to sick Rob Gray on John Kohler. Yeah, don't like that seems like a great feature. I don't know when he'd be available before like fall camp on quarterback's day. I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting deal. Well, yeah, and it's interesting in the sense that he's really coming here not to be a guy that actually plays. Yeah, you know, right? I I feel he, like he competed for the Oklahoma State job, didn't no, he? No, yeah, I feel like if with, Purdy with would, corn dog. With corn dog. Yeah. I feel like if Purdy would go down, like that's a pretty decent option to throw in. There. I agree. Although I'm a Real Mitchell guy. You guys I was been watching, Real Mitchell, yeah. Y'all been watching that Netflix on him? No, I watched a couple episodes when it first came out. I haven't watched the entire thing though. I'm like five in. I don't I'm, know if I'll finish it. Yeah. But I just wanted to get to know him and like it, it's it's well done. I feel like if they were gonna do that, didn't they do it with Trevor Lawrence? In the in one of the seasons, maybe I'm pretty know. sure they did. That that is an interesting concept. I'd like to see the dichotomy of like one kid who's going to Clemson, number one quarterback in the country, like Trevor Lawrence, and then a guy that's like a two star kid who's just sure. like trying to get a power five. Whereas the they're usually picking like level. three guys that are all good, you know, all going to be power five quarterbacks, which I'm sure is by design. But so correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Mitchell get beat out his senior year? He did. But the guy that the kid that's going to is even like the. Top he, prospect of all time. Yeah, he's like the number one quarterback since like Marcus Mariota right. or some crazy thing. I don't know. He's every school in the country basically wants that kid. So it's like how like how bad can you feel about the fact yeah. that you got beat out by a guy who's gonna probably be the number one recruit in the I, country? I think the quarterback room is an interesting room next year for sure because obviously Purdy's the story. I saw something today where Iowa State was ranked in the preseason post signing day in the top fifteen. And I think there's a legit... In the top 15? Yeah, which I thought was a little high. But if you think about it, from the outside, Iowa State probably looks pretty good to a lot of people. Uh, coming off eight wins, having Purdy back, having what? Most nine, of your defense. Nine starters back on defense. You guys want a scorching hot take? I wonder what the... I wonder what the uh, yeah, give it to me. The outside take will be on this team. So I'm writing this for next week. I already started writing the column. Okay. I'm going to outline a way... In which Iowa State's running game will be better without David Montgomery. Whoa. I don't think that that's that ridiculous. It has nothing to do with David. Okay. It has to do with changing the scheme because you don't have David. With, does this include the line? Yeah. Okay. I think that comes into play as well. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like talent level, it's not. But so I, what I always do after the season is I go back and rewatch the games. And this week I had my game was Oklahoma State. That's where I'm at. And I really wanted to watch the line schemes and how it was different without Montgomery in there. And it, everything looked more downhill. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I started to do do a little asking around, and the thing that David's so good at is improvising. Mm-hmm. It's when there's nothing there, getting four yards, which Kane Nwangu probably wouldn't thrive at as much. And it was pointed out to me that that's one of the reasons why Iowa State struggled running the ball hmm. in the bowl game hmm. is because there were actually like lanes there, but David automatically improvises, which that's why he's great. You know, you're not belittling him. But there's a theory that with the line being better, with more traditional running backs than David, I could see them putting together more rushing yards next season. And Manning's back. There's a lot of like stuff like that that I think that... Nothing against Jeff Myers, who was the offensive line coach last year and still is the offensive line coach. But to get a big hat in the room like Manning is only going to help him as well. And, yeah, I think this scheme-wise, Iowa State could be a lot better. Well, you almost have to be more creative, too, just knowing you don't have that guy to fall back on. And I think Campbell, from what I've observed of him, seems a little bit – I think he – he's a conservative coach. I don't think there's – I think I'm breaking any news there. When Matt takes chances, it's a very calculated chance. Like, in his mind, when he's going for it on fourth down here or whatever, it's because he believes he has the perfect play and he believes it will work. I don't think he feels like he's – this isn't – how many onside kicks have we seen him to start the second half like Paul used to do? You just don't – Matt's not doing that stuff that's like a 15% chance. Have they ever done an onside kick that wasn't late in the game? I don't even remember if I – I don't think so. No, if I remember them doing one in, a, late in the game. I don't even remember a fake So punt. my point is, what is no. more what is more um, conservative and makes you feel warm and fuzzy if you're Matt Campbell than giving 32, who never fumbles the ball? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that him not having 32 in his back pocket, in essence, could help them like you said, Jared, force them to get more creative with that run game, which could result in some extra yardage. What do you want to say, boy? Well, adding on to that, Iowa State had two of the best position players in history on last year's offense. Correct. And still was, what, seventh in the conference in points? I don't think the offense performed that well like, They overall. didn't. Yeah. They really didn't. So they could, even though they won't have the guys, talent-wise, that were as good as... Butler, they won't have the high end. The talent. high end guys is Montgomery or Butler. They still have not averaged thirty points a game on offense since nineteen seventy eight. Like that is still ongoing, and that would be middle of the road in the conference. I think with some different things here and there, I think they could get there. I think the offense could be better next year, even without those guys. Obviously, you'd rather have them, but as a whole, if that line grows up, they they. I think offense will certainly be better. I don't even think it's a real question. Well, and I think that I think too the coaches, at least from people that I have talked to, they never pegged last year's offensive line as being the one when they really took a jump forward. You had a lot of guys coming back. You have you have a lot of guys coming back next year too. But mm-hmm. you think about some of the guys they've recruited that are t- that are starting at a higher baseline than what they were doing before. They're getting old enough now to where you can get them on the field and they can make a contribution. And that's, I think, when there's – I think people are expecting them to make a real jump. And it's like next year is the year when that group 
is getting closer and closer to being not just, you know, going from bad to maybe below average to being average to above average in in that kind of range. We've got the bodies in that room now, offensive line, and if just got to show it on the field, though. You know, Downing, Ramos, whoever else is going to be there. We've been hearing about these guys, but I think next year's a big opportunity. I mean, I think that's the key position for Iowa State next year is on the offensive line. If they can make a big step there, and there's nothing, there's no reason why Iowa State shouldn't be near 30 points. Look, look at us. It's February 7th. We've got a basketball team that I think has a higher upside than any team I've ever covered. No, I, yeah, no. I, and we're sitting here sure. breaking down football two deeps. It's because this is the Mechdyne Powered Cyclone <laughs> Fanatic Radio Show. We, I love it. We, we go do. deep into everything. Uh, I do have to give you some breaking news I think you'll be interested in. Hey, uh, the, Eric, do you have the breaking news sounder ready? Stand by for news. Oh, yep, there we got it. Thank you. They just completed the NBA All-Star Draft. Oh, great. Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook will be reunited oh my on Team LeBron. Oh, jeez. Kevin Durant. And Kyrie Irving will be reunited with LeBron as well. Who is the first pick? I don't know. I didn't see that. Taking out all the, like, people who abuse women and stuff like that, okay? Please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is there a more dislikable athlete than Kevin Durant. Absolutely not. He, he did is, nothing to help himself last night. He is the worst. I feel no sympathy for Kevin Durant, who is my favorite athlete in the world for most of my adolescent years. I Did you hear my deal on Fanatics last night? Yes. Like, I actually kind of defended him to an extent because I'm like, well, nothing this guy can do. Is and then he came out and was a and then he did jerk that. today. What the yeah. hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. And... Like for him to spin it on the media is ridiculous because I just read a piece yesterday from Ethan Sherwood Strauss, who's like the best Warriors writer, one of the best NBA writers well, out there. If you listened to Kevin Durant, he this hadn't guy's... talked to Kevin Durant. In, they hadn't talked to Kevin Durant in two weeks. He wouldn't talk to him, and then he comes out and tries to blame it on the media. Get out of here, man! Bloom, you don't even talk to the media. Bloom will, Bloom's going to defend Durant. Watch. No, I mean. They... We don't know what he goes through on a daily basis. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That is the Bloom. I love it. Bloom's the contrarian. Oh, never mind. We just had a trade in the NBA draft. Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. So the the reunion is off. You can't trade that. Russ and KD. Apparently you can. Oh, my gosh. Russ and KD can't be on the same team. I should have recorded that. What was I doing? Man, that's tough. I I agree. Duran is not a likable guy. Oh, he's the worst. But when you're constantly... And he's too sensitive, and you shouldn't be sensitive. But we've all been there. Michael Jordan, it didn't bother him. He got more and more. Uh, yes, it did. Doesn't bother LeBron. Yes, it did. It didn't bother Michael. He got less and less likable. Michael was sensitive, too. During every podcast that he did with Bill Simmons. It started out, and I was like, man, I can kind of see where KD's at. And then he just did this last one. And I was like, dude, this guy's kind of a, kind of a jerk. When you're that famous and everyone's constantly chirping at you, I'm guessing sometimes you just want to go crawl. I mean, on your isn't own. it partly his fault though when he's signing one-year contracts? He yes. did. Like, I mean, you're creating no, I, speculation. I, I I read the story that he wrote, and I he thinks he's the best player in the world. Oh yeah. And this is where this comes. It, from. And I think he might be in his defense potentially, but he's always going to be for Honestly, the rest I of think, his career. Yeah, I can't. For the rest of his career, he's always second to LeBron. Doesn't matter. And I think that's gotten old for him. That he literally any decision he makes. Is well, what would LeBron do? I, I'll well, say that's just LeBron. because it's because he was second, and instead of just think about Kawhi, like Kawhi is in this same conversation, I think, with the three of them. 
Kawhi doesn't complain about it, the fact that he's number two. Kawhi and I think that that's Kawhi where it is. Zero personality. I know that, but I think that's what comes into it. The fact that Kevin Durant has complained about it so much, and now people are just like, dude, like, just go. if you just want a ball, then just go to work and ball and prove that you're the second best. That or be prove you're the best. That that's what it is to me. Don't complain. Like if if you want to just go and play basketball, for one, you got like that's just not gonna happen. That's not the way the world is in two thousand and nineteen. There's way more to the game than just I just want to go play basketball. And if not, then you're not gonna make the kind of money that Kevin Durant does sure. in endorsements with Nike, all this different kind of stuff. That that's where it all is. What do you do want? Do you want your money or do you want your recognition? Do you find it odd though, and I'm guilty of this too, that we talk more about like where Durant's going to go rather than what the Warriors are doing this year? Uh, yes, because I think the NBA is more about next year than it is now. But I think that the players created this culture. They did. Like, so that's where I have they a hard did. time. No, I, I can't blame the media. I, I get but it. They created this. It would get old. The players. If, oh, yeah. It would get old if you're in that every single day. Like, do you think the Warriors would, like, wanted to sign him to a one-year deal or would they have rather signed him to four? Sure. You know, like, the, the players hopping around and wanting to run the show and wanting to be in charge – They've created this. That's why I think it's interesting that baseball is almost going the opposite direction now. Yeah, it's a good point. And they're like, now the players have zero say. It's fat. Like I think if you look at the, this, would be a the great various, thesis if we were still in journalism school. Well, the base. So they'll go the, get your grad. <laughs> go to grad school, Cito. Baseball overpaid all those guys. Do you really think I have time for that? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just the, that, that's weird to me that. Harper and Machado are still available. All right, we'll talk Iowa State basketball <laughs> when we come back on the Mectine Powered Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Mectine Powered Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Are you going to put your headset on, Chris Williams? This is... Uh, Camila Cabello? No. I don't think so. No. Is it Eric? No, it's G-Eazy. G-Eazy. Yeah, I, say, that's, I know that's G-Eazy. I was trying to think of the young lady. You were close. I think him and Camila Cabello actually used to date. See, I was close. Okay. Uh, so that, I think that's right. probably where your, your train myself, of thought was. I'll give myself a B. <laughs> you ever listen to that um, that podcast about Meek Mill, the What Really Happened? No, I didn't. Oh I don't share the infatuation with Meek Mill that you so do. So he's, this judge, like, basically owns him. Oh, yeah, I, I know how the, yeah, I, I know how that system works. So, who he was, who is he dating? Like, Lil' Kim? I don't think it's Lil' Kim. No. <laughs> Who's the female rapper he was dating? Uh, Nicki Minaj. Yes, Nicki Minaj. yes. Yeah. And they're in. Similarities. Lil' Kim. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in, like, ten years. <laughs> they're in with this judge. And the judge requests that Meek do a remake with with Nicki Minaj of Down on Bended Knee by Boys to Men. And she, this judge is dead serious about it. And Meek is just like, no, I don't think so. Wow. What do you guys think that Lil' Kim is worth, if you had to guess? Oh, I mean. She, she was the Didn't she rapper. have a baby from Biggie? No. Or they were dating. No, that was, uh, no. That's Here, I can tell you, I've got her. No, that was Mary J. Blige. No, Faith Evans. Or Faith Evans. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
because yeah. she was the one yeah. on the tribute out al- the puffy yeah. tribute yeah, yeah, album yeah, yeah, yeah. to Biggie. Not little Kim. She sang the hook, but little Kim was one of the. Yeah, she was with like Biggie late night. Biggie's Christopher was. Wallace, right? Yeah, Chris yeah, Wallace. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Kim was. Then she did. Yeah, yeah, they were dating for a while oh until God. his death in 1997. Okay, she's worth. She was like the mistress, right? I don't know. She's worth 20 million, Jared. You're actually pretty close. 17 million. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have guessed it. Honestly, I'd have guessed that she had probably blown through a lot of that by now. Well, I mean, that's just what her net worth is. Yeah, so I, you don't know actually know like yeah. what her what, what her asset, where her assets are. Yeah. Let's check out her investment portfolio. Speaking of that, Bloom, you going to the DMX concert with us? Um, something tells me I, probably not. I, maybe. I don't think Bloom could cut it at the DMX concert. I, I mean, I need to get that I, shirt that that I, I found the other day. I always uh, grew up in the suburbs and not in. Clarinda. Yeah, you're not not hard like we are. So didn't grow up on the streets. All right, talk basketball. All right, where do you guys want to start with basketball? You, we haven't heard from Bloom this week, so let's let's hear from him. So well, we did kind of. Well, yeah, column. that weird column you wrote. <laughs> where you wrote like to your adolescent self. That's another one of those times where I wanted to fight you, Bloom, for like having a good idea. I think it's a great show. It, it I was think a you really make good a TV column. show out of that. People really enjoyed the column. Well, so it raises the point. Everybody was like, this was really weird, but this was cool. Yeah, well, that's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> not the cool part. I feel like really, that's really the first thing Chris part. said after he <laughs> yeah, met you. He's, he's like, like he's like that guy was really weird, weird but he was kind of cool. cool. No, I love Bloom. Um, no, I, I, I think it raises a question, how good is this team? Because if you look historically now, Iowa State has the chance to get off to its second best start in conference history on Saturday. Like, that's... Pretty good. Like the only team that's been better was that 2000 team. 2001, they started eight and two as well. What's the best they've done in the ten team format? Uh, ten team format was I think they got 12 and six with that. Uh, well, I'm saying what's their best start though? A uh, best start was through 11. Okay. Was seven and four. Okay. And so they're they're seven and three right now. They win. On Saturday, eight and three would be the best start of the ten-team era. Sure. So, where does this team? I mean, is this team? Are we thinking potential three seed in the NCAA tournament now? I mean, if you look at all the analytics, I think so. They're right yeah. there. Which I don't think we're we appreciate this team as as much as we should. And even if you look at this, when they get in that committee room, I think they'll probably be in the first sixteen that they put out on they Sunday. Will be. Yeah. They will be. And. They're going to wipe away. I think they'll look at Iowa State's losses to Arizona and Iowa, and they will identify Iowa State did not have, because they can do this, did not have Wigginton, Lard, or Solomon Young at the time. didn't really matter in those games. And I think that will help Iowa State even further. I've seen a lot of brackets having Iowa State 5-seed, 6-seed. I, I Honestly, they're closer to 3. I really think that. I'll, I'm fascinated where they end up Saturday because it will be a big tell. If Iowa State's above your Wisconsin's and your Marquette's phenomenal sign on Saturday. That's a big deal Saturday. It really is because if Iowa State can then progress from there, you're firmly in three seed conversation, which means you're firmly in the Des Moines discussion. We got to remember to cover that on Saturday. That'll get that'll get a lot of clicks. Right time is that? I think it's twelve thirty is when they release. So like right before before right before the game. Yeah, that's a big deal. Like a live, watch it live. There we go. And and how much? What are they looking at now? Because they've got the net rankings, which I think they're going to have to be impartial. Impartial too. But Iowa State, if you the look first at first seed electric Ken, chair, Ken Palm net, all those numbers, they're really good, but they're not reflected yet in some of the bracket stuff. And I think eventually people will wise up to it. I think for next football season, we're going to have for away games, 
like just a group of dudes having beers in my basement watching the games, and we're going to stream it. <laughs> we're working on it right now. You would be invited, but you're too important. Yeah. So this could put Psycho in reaction in grave danger. How? So you're gonna walk? People would have you on like a phone while they watch the game. Yeah, or like on Facebook. Okay. Well, it's a lot. It's part of our audience doesn't trust Facebook, but you, we're, you we're just, working out the details. Basically, I you, like this idea. You turn off the commentators, and you can hang with us. When you got Tommy, Tommy Tuberville, you're like, you know, I'm this out. guy stinks. I'm out. I'm gonna listen to Chris and whoever else is there. You'd get some traffic for that. I think so. Yeah. Just losing losing our minds over the game, living and dying with every play. All right, Iowa State basketball. So I wrote on Monday night after the game, and I think Chris and I started to talk about this during the Texas game as well, where – and I, I re-watched the Texas game and I charted it today, the possessions that Iowa State played against zone. Texas played a lot of zone in that game, and especially early on, it they really struggled in the first half against that zone. I was thinking maybe that the book was out a little bit on Iowa State. You could play that zone, make them shoot over the top, make them make some decisions against it. Lindell Wigginton specifically really struggled with finding passing lanes out of that. And then I look at the numbers, yeah. and Iowa State is like an elite team against zones, zone defenses. And I was like, man, doesn't that, doesn't, that doesn't seem to add up. Mm-hmm. And then the more I watch it, for one, it's, they haven't played that many possessions as a whole against the zone and i think that they know what they're doing against it it's just like being able to execute what they're trying to do but i am scared that here in the next couple weeks similar to what you're starting to see with kansas state now where against oklahoma state oklahoma state really limited what they were able to do offensively with the zone kansas shut them down for a half uh, at least a half where i think kansas state scored 16 points then before the under 16 and then they go to the under 16 kansas comes out in their zone and they scored 10 the rest of the half and then Kansas State eventually figured that out because they have like a made-for-zone guy in Dean Wade, and he was like, it's like, oh, yeah, let's throw the ball, ball right guy. there, and he'll shoot, and that's exactly what they did. But obviously can do the same kind of thing, but I'm still a little bit concerned that this is what teams are going to start doing to them more and more to try and close some of those driving lanes that Mariel Shayok and uh, Nick Weiler, Babb, and, and THT have had over the last couple of weeks. And I think you're seeing Lindell really struggles against, again, finding the zone, finding the sure. openings in it. Two games in a row where Shayok has struggled for most of the game trying to get to the basket. That's where he's at his best. I mean, the, I think for sure on Iowa State is make him shoot over the top, whether that is playing the zone or, you know, getting in those gaps and making sure they don't get to the basket. And two games in a row, it's been effective. But Iowa State's found a way to still score, what, 65 against Texas in a really low possession game. And then would they get 75? Yeah, 75, 74. That's okay with Iowa State's defense. That's that's not bad at all. I I do think Iowa State could use one more just knockdown shooter, and for them to be successful. Well, unfortunately, this is not trade. This is not buyout season. I know. So you, they're, they're stuck, with, they're stuck they're, with the guys that they got. But uh, my uh, but that could, that could be on the roster, and I think Tyrese could be that guy. I mean, there was a three-game stretch there where he was just really passive. I'd like to see him shoot more. I think he needs to shoot more. He shot more against Oklahoma, and it really helped. Yeah. It really helped. I was The offense opened up after he hit a couple of those threes. And it's inter- interesting. I know for a fact that the staff and his family, Quincy Tyrese, said, you need to shoot more. Like, you have to be a factor on offense because he's so unselfish. But lately, the past couple of games, Iowa State's almost been too unselfish, and they get in those late shot clock situations. It's like, now what do we do? Well, and it's Shayok trying to bail him out. 
But if 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 Halliburton's open, he's a forty five percent three point shooter. Just yeah. Throw it up there, young man. Well, there's too many times, especially in that Texas game, where he'd be on the perimeter and he'd pump fake and then drive in and then pass it back out. Yep. I'm like, man, just catch it just and shoot, shoot it, it, dude. Like we've seen you do it too many times for you to to pump fake. And regardless of whether or not somebody's closing out. You just need to shoot the ball. Iowa State's got good enough offensive players. I'm not. I'm not concerned with their ability to score. They just need to find the ways to do it. And I think Halliburton's the key that unlocks a lot of the stuff. Because even in that zone, I I thought when Texas was doing that, get him or Horton Tucker. I think Halliburton's a little bit better decision maker in that high post area. He could almost be a Dean Way type and then let him distribute from there. They're going to figure it out. I think Iowa State offensively will be okay, and the numbers reflect that they're still really good from an efficiency standpoint. I've just been impressed with the growth defensively and what Cam Lard has brought. I thought Kirk Holland had a great that was today. awesome today on Fanatics. The numbers that he got, the change mm-hmm. in Iowa State's two point percentage defense at the rim has been light years better with Cam in the game, and it felt like that. But that was they block like what twenty seven percent of right. two point attempts when Cam's in the game. It's, it's, it's crazy it, when you look at that. And Iowa State can rebound well enough. This team is just solid everywhere, and it it, it bodes well going forward. But kind of the point of my column was, even though we thought the same thing in two thousand one, Iowa State was really solid on its way to special things. Weird things can happen in March, so I don't know if the ending is necessarily. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but this team has put together a fun run, has put himself into really good position here. Yeah, I'm looking at Cam Lard's synergy right now. Uh, well, the only problem is that the free throw rate is, is really high when he's on, on the court. Yeah, he unfortunately, unfortunately defending yeah. people. But, yeah, their block percentage goes up exponentially when he's on the court. And I think the thing, too, that is – changed over the last several games and i was telling you guys this earlier today they run that pick and roll so much with nick and then whether it's michael jacobson or cam lard more when you see jacobson in there he's more of a pop guy where he'll kind of fade to whichever side that he's setting the screen on i still think that he and i know you don't like to watch him shoot three-pointers who nick no jacobson no Absolutely not. He needs to quit taking him. I disagree. I disagree as well. He's not. Teams still any. guard him there. If teams didn't guard him, that's one thing. But it's if, we've seen him. If it's he's one made or two, two, it's one thing. He's made two threes during the Big Twelve season. Some of them a bit. He's made more than two. I'm pretty sure he's made two. Okay, threes. maybe it's just two. But like, <laughs> but I'm saying when, uh, whether or not he, when he does do that flare. Or kind of the fade out of the, yeah, the pick and roll. I'm going to. When he does the fade out of the pick and roll, he brings a guy with. Is a guy. He either brings a guy with him, or he's going to be left there wide open. And if he's at the three point line, okay. I, I, I I'm fine with him shooting that shot if he's wide open. Let's look at the numbers because all I know is he's made two in conference play. Yeah, two of seventeen. He's two for seventeen against good competition. But when he does that fade and he's at, in the mid range. He is almost automatic from that shot when unguarded. And if people are not going to guard him from that area, then he needs to shoot that shot. You have to have him shoot it. Because even you have to keep defenses though, honest in that way. Even though he's going to make two out of 17. I'm saying if, even if he's like in the that, mid-range, that then he just to needs, to make the, the, he needs to make the fade shot. I'm just saying, like, he played for two years in the Big Ten, didn't make threes. He, we've seen him for one year and well, half a he, season in the Big 12, and he's two for 17. He's not a three-point He's actually nearly equaled the number of threes that he made in two years at Nebraska in conference play, if we're going to be technical. But, okay. But Th- my point even more, he Jared, couldn't make them there, and he's not making them here. Jared would know more than anybody. It's not that much different when you 
move back three feet. No. Like, the form's there. You His shot tell, is good. You he can has tell a good the guy shot. Then why doesn't it go in? It, I guarantee if we went and looked at every single one of Michael Jacobson's three-pointers, it's a fair all of them would be like would yeah. rim, be rimming well, out and stuff like that. I was, you know what, like... Steve Pro wouldn't tell, would tell him almost, to stop shooting. This I isn't almost, Jeff Beverly. I almost won the lottery one year, too, and <laughs> darn it, I was just a couple numbers off, and I'm not rich. My I'm point, sorry that he's not you shooting 90% on his set shots. <laughs> Mike, Thank you for making that public. Michael Jacobson. Just he's, going like, to hit, he's going to hit a big three soon. I hope so, and I'll applaud him, but he's two for 17. Yeah. Next so, weekend in Manhattan. So I'm telling like, you right now. Sit here and be it. like, oh, it's a, it's a good shot. He needs to keep going. <laughs> this isn't, you know, th- this isn't Nick Weiler bad, but we've seen, you know, this isn't Wigginton who hit 40% on the whole year last year, and you're like, all right, his shot's going to come around. The guy's never made threes. So, like, my, my whole deal is it's just hard he for me. He did in high school. Okay, against CIML guys. And he made some threes in the non-conference, but the competition got he better. He has He's a not good shot. It it's one thing if your shot is disgusting. If your shot's so good, why don't they go in? <sighs> Chris, you're not a shot doctor, bro. Well, I'm looking at it's math. He shot 17 of them, two of them got in. And he was, he okay, was, they've played how many games in the Big 12? They've played 11 games in the Big 12? Right? My point is, I've seen a lot of or guys... 10 games in the Big 12. He's okay. shooting 1.72 pointers per game. Bloom. So if, if Michael I, Jacobson goes 0 for 1 in the Big 12, is that bad? I've seen a lot of guys at Iowa State over the years. And I, I want to get Bloom. Uh-huh. Cool, our heads prevail here. Uh-huh. I've seen a lot of guys at Iowa State over the years who do things quite well in the non-conference, and then we get into Big 12 play, and you're like, oh, shouldn't be doing that. The boozer kid comes to mind. He could do a lot of things yeah. in the non-conference, and then you put him in the Big 12, and he was average. I think Jacobson is a, an above-average player, and Iowa State wouldn't be where they're at without him. He's very useful. I'm fine with starting him. I, I like him playing 25 minutes a game. I think it gets different when he has to bang around with actual Big 12 posts to have the energy in the legs underneath him to go out and hit a three in a Big 12 game. I this, think it's quite different. This wasn't even the point that I was going to make. But, the point I was going to make was about the fact that when they run that pick and roll, specifically when they, you've got Cam Lard on the floor, I think you have really seen that that action flourish in, in the past several games because Cam is rolling really hard to the basket. That is forcing defenders to have to respect the fact that Cam is rolling to the basket if that man that is guarding the roll guy does not step up. Nick Weiler-Babb has become much more confident in shooting the ball off the dribble. You're seeing him knock down threes. You're seeing him knock down his uh, his his mid-range jumpers that I know everybody hates so much as well. And But Iowa State's offense has become better in that set than it was the entire it's, season. It's all because Michael it, Jacobson's missing three. And it's all because Cam Lard has prone, shown that he wants to roll to the basket hard, and that's how you see him get dunks like he did that blew up, was like number three on SportsCenter's top ten on uh, Monday night. Yeah. You see him get the lob like he did from Mariel Schalk. All of that's out of that same set, and all that's right. because you've got guys that are confident running the ball out of the pick and roll, and that is what Iowa State's entire offense is built out of, and you're going to continue to see that offense flourish as long as back, teams are playing man defense against Iowa back State. Back to Jacobs. Do you, do you understand my point? I do. I do. I've seen a lot of guys like this at Iowa State. Yeah. yeah I, here's what I'll say. I... I think you you may raise a valid point that is it a leg is it an energy is it he's a, having to do things in Big Twelve play that he didn't have to do against the non con However, some of these shots are wide open, like they're just they're shooter yeah, shots. Yeah, there's there's a reason. I just think it's two of seventeen is kind of still a small sample size. I agree, like that, and is, it should be because he, he should. What Lindell Wigginton start out in Big Twelve play? 
Oh. Yeah, but he he had missed the whole non-con. Like, yeah, and we saw no. him shoot 40% last year. I think it's an apples to oranges. I, I just, I'm not pretending to be Steve Kerr, be able to analyze if a guy can, Fred Hoiberg, if a guy can shoot or not. But his form is fantastic. Jacobson's. Like, and it's, it's, it's consistent. It's there. And he's not missing shots. Okay, I love him, but he's, this isn't Jeff Beverly shooting a three here. Like, so, like you, you love Jeff Beverly? Well, don't we all? <laughs> if we don't, we should. Yeah. It's, it's not I Royce. It's like, I, remember when Royce would go out there? Here, here. Like, I'm no. going to give you a comparison. Yeah, Royce. Better comparison. Yeah. It's not Royce. Like, you knew that yeah. wasn't going in. But that, I'm going to yeah. give you a comparison. Jacobson's got the four. In 2011 and 2012, Melvin Edgem was 20. 3% and 22% from three-point range. And then he turned into a 34 and a 34 in back-to-back seasons. Okay. Do, would you have told Melvin Edgem his junior year to stop shooting because he never had, he never made him as a it sophomore in freshman? It depends on what's around him. I mean... That's the same thing. Yeah, but, like, no, it's not. Because, like, I'm not saying Jacobson... You're saying there's better options yeah, to shoot the three. That I, I'm saying there's a lot better looks you can get than a Michael yeah. Jacobson three-point shot. I think he that, has. I mean, the guy. If he's standing there wide open, then what got, is there? We've got two and a half years of a track record from this uh, guy. He's not a three-point shooter. I see both sides. I see both sides here. I. I what I, do you like? I want him to keep shooting it because I. Stansberry, I, I want him to keep shooting the ball. It, it opens up what everything else does. I was thinking do off that pick and roll. Is you that, have to make. You have to it, show that you that guy will shoot the ball. If he catches the ball wide open, though, and just stands there. Just then what keep, does everybody do? Even if he's just going to keep missing him. <laughs> like he's going he's gonna to make some. He's made two. Okay. Everybody, when, when Mike makes a, a three on Saturday, everybody <laughs> I hope tweet he does, and I'll cheer for yeah. him, too. But I'm I, just saying that when when a, you've got five guys on the court, yeah, if I, one of those guys is not going to shoot the basketball, you know how much easier it is to guard? Absolutely. we've seen That's how Hoiberg used to mess with those Kansas teams exactly. back in the day. I so get he it. has to show that he will shoot, yeah, and, and you know he what? is a capable – I guarantee – I would say would let that guy shoot, if and we he'd could screw get, it up. If we could get a team scouting report – in our hands, I guarantee you that it would tell tell you that that guy will shoot and he can make them. They're not going to say don't guard well, him at he, the three-point line because he, can he can't make it. He can certainly make two of them. Time for a quick word from our friends at Carl Chevrolet. For 40 years, Carl Chevrolet has been built on one philosophy, to always take care of the customer. Being your dealer for life is more than just a slogan or catchphrase. It's the way they approach business each and every day. They have two great dealerships to serve, better serve more of Iowa. Our, their main location in Ankeny and their newest location in Stewart, Iowa, just 25 minutes from West Des Moines. From sales to service and everything in between, you can trust they will take care of you and do things the car away. Doing things the car away is about integrity, trust, confidence, and satisfaction in earning your business for life. You owe it to yourself to see why they're Iowa's fastest-growing Chevrolet dealer group, Carl Chevrolet at I-35, exit 90 in Ankeny at The Rock, or Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, I-80, exit 93 in Stewart. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? No, I understand, but I'm saying that we have two and a half years of this guy playing track record, and he's not a three-point shooter. I'm just trying to say... That when you've got five guys on the court, it's like it, and like, that guy's going to be out there. You have to make them guard that. You're guy. on my team, right? Yeah, yeah. And I want you to be able to do like five different things because it makes the company better, right? Yeah. If you sucked at radio, I wouldn't be like, well, we need to keep putting him out there because he needs to improve his versatility. No, you put your people in the position, and, and that, that's he's open for a reason. The only difference is that we don't have five other people <laughs> trying to keep us from doing these things. It's five guys trying to get your job. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's, Do you I get where I'm coming from? I understand I, what you're going I'm on your side, Jared. I understand I, what you're saying. 
I'm saying I that this guy has two and a half years of playing, and he's never made threes. I'm just saying at a my, consistent rate. My, Michael's going to make a three at some point this season where you're going to go, thank you for shooting this. Absolutely. I'm saying that and, the, and I will applaud yes. him. I know you I'm will. saying there's a I lot better forms of offense than that. The Iowa, the Iowa State offense wouldn't be built the way that it is for him to keep doing that if they didn't have confidence that he was capable of doing it. That's the other thing. There's a reason that Cam Lard, every time he sets a screen, where does he go? Straight to the basket. There's a reason that Michael Jacobson, when he sets a screen, he fades to the mid-range or to the three-point line. He shouldn't be doing that because he can't make it. Score for Iowa State TCU. I say clones by 11. Clones by 12. Clones by 23. Oh. Wow. Wow. Okay. Don't even show up, Jamie. Michael Jacobson by, by, with I was, 48 points. I was just going to say, Jacobson's going to hit three threes. On Saturday. He's going three for four from behind the arc. You've been listening to the Mechdyne-powered Cyclone Fanatic radio show live from Whiskey River in Ankeny on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.